This episode is powered by Safety FM. Welcome to the Safety Consultant Podcast. I am your host, Sheldon Primus. This is the podcast where I teach you the business of being a safety consultant. So welcome to, it's for now, the second week in June. Years going by quickly, man. I can't believe it's just so much in this short amount of time. We're already six months into the year. And we're, I believe, at the six-month mark in the Biden administration. So that means there's been some changes. And some of the changes is in OSHA. So we're going to do an OSHA compliance help show today. We're going to talk about some of those changes. We're going to really go over what these changes mean to you as one thing. But then the other thing we're going to go over is what is the future of OSHA look like? So we're going to break this conversation into those two things. And that's how we're going to address today's episode. All right. So it's just you and I, like old school, old time. So I'm really going to dig into um, or overview. I can't really dig into anything. So I'm just going to give you a nice little overview, let you know that this is what's happening with OSHA. If you are a a U.S.-based safety professional and you've been thinking about becoming a safety consultant, do it now. Get in now because OSHA is making some big changes So get in now. And the reason why I want to say get in now is because you want your business in three years from now when OSHA is really, really churning it up because it'll be either going towards the end of the Biden presidency or it could be another year of it. Uh, Then at that point, you want to at least have two years of you being a consultant in that uh, time frame. So this is the time for you to go ahead, get your LLC or S Corp, whatever you want to do, get your safety consulting business, go to the safety consultant blueprint, which is safetyconsultantblueprint.com. I still have that, even though I haven't mentioned it much, uh, but I do have that. Do the safety consultant blueprint course and go ahead, do your best, man. Get out of there. Get ready. So I will be just me today. So truly, we could get into this one. So let's let's go ahead and talk about this one. All right. First and foremost, we're looking for OSHA to actually uh, get ahead again. So the last time OSHA was, I guess, headed or OSHA had its own um, leader that was dedicated to the heading of OSHA was with Dr. Michaels. So when uh, Dr. Michaels was uh, working in the Obama administration after he left, just like every other time, each administration will bring their own people. So he leaves uh, the Trump administration. They picked Scott Mugno to head OSHA, never confirmed by the Senate. And he was nominated in 2017. So from 2017, from the nomination. So here we go. 2016 is when, yeah, or I should say, you know, had the election. So January, February, maybe. I can't tell uh, on the news report when this thing was. But uh, but 
that's when the nomination happened for Scott Mugno. And after that, I think it was three actual meetings of the Senate Help Committee, H-E-L-P, and still nothing. So poor man was left to hang to dry and no kind of information (laughs) given because they just didn't, you know, vote. Uh, So now Doug Parker, who used to be the administrator for Kalosha, he's nominated and this was in April 9th. So therefore, according to history with uh, nominations... Uh, President Obama nominated Dr. Michaels in April 9th, uh, excuse me, in July 29th and 28th, where uh, President Biden nominates uh, Doug Parker April 9th. So that means OSHA's on his mind. So that's one of the things that I will keep pointing out throughout this whole little session we'll do is you could see signs that President Biden is a labor president. So you're going to see wording on this uh, just kind of throughout this whole presentation. All right, so that's the first thing. So we're going to be looking for any news on the help committee from the Senate. And it has, uh, whenever you see that, just kind of tune into that because that's going to probably be where you're going to see the first news of OSHA having its new director. There's still an acting person in the position and uh, uh, very active in the ASSP uh, was this individual as well. Uh, So therefore, you will have someone who understands the workers and their needs. So that is, you know, first and foremost, who's in charge? You always have to start at the head, right? Uh, So once you do start at the head, then you can work your way down. So acting right now for OSHA is James Frederick. Last OSHA compliance help show I did with you guys, I also mentioned that there was a new position out there too. So you could see on OSHA's organizational chart that there are uh, some positions out. Hmm. I just checked the OSHA website just in case to make sure I was getting all my information right. They made a new change. They actually took out a position they just put in. This is interesting to me because the position that they just put in uh, was a staff position. And the staff position was a deputy assistant secretary. But this one was specific to pandemics. And that's it. So OSHA took that out. Not sure why. So I got to figure that one out. So, hey, look at this. As I'm doing the podcast, and I did have all research things that I did, but I just had a thought as I was talking this out. And I was like, let me go go and, and look at this thought to see if it's still the case. Uh, so this was real time for me, but for you guys listening to the podcast, obviously, podcasts by nature aren't real time because they're not live streaming. Uh, but anyway, hmm. Very, very, very interesting. So I'm going to have to uh, look into that one, see what happened. And uh, and they do say in the organizational chart, if you go to OSHA.gov, you click on about OSHA, you go scroll down kind of halfway, you'll see the organizational chart. You click on that. 
and do not be doing this if you're driving. That's the that's the standing rule. If I give anybody resources to look up anything, standing rule for this show is don't do it now when you're driving. You know, trying to squeeze it in at the light. Wait till you get home. Listen to this episode all the way through and just take mental notes. Then when you go back and you're in your office or you're at home, then listen to it again. And that's why you should subscribe. So uh, anybody who's listening right now, do one thing for me. This is just your way of thanking me. Whatever you're listening to right now, hit the actual subscribe button and become a subscriber of this podcast. It means a lot to me. I see that data. So if you are hitting that button right now when it's safe to do it, that is going to be excellent for me. And thank you. Thank you. So that's my long-winded way of saying, don't do this research hunt while you're driving. (laughs) All right. Do that when you're at home. So that's where you're going to get this information. And he actually even saying, um, the assistant secretary of Uh, For OSHA, Doug Parker nominated James Frederick acting. So that's warning that I have not seen in this before. So, hmm. Even that has changed. All right, so that's one thing. We talked about the leadership. The other thing that I mentioned last time I did the OSHA Compliance Help Show was the actual National Emphasis Program for COVID-19. I'm hoping I'm not mistaken. Me doing the OSHA Compliance Help Show on my live streams every, um, it's either Wednesday or Thursday at 6 p.m. Uh, and you can listen to that once you connect with me on LinkedIn. So that's uh, linkedin.com backslash in backslash Sheldon Primus. So I'm not too sure if I was talking to the OSHA Compliance Help audience or if I was talking to you guys here on the podcast audience. There is a national emphasis program for COVID 19. That's new with OSHA, right? So they went through and they truly started to dig into if we're going to comply or if we're going to do inspections on COVID-19, how would these inspections look? So that's what you're looking at over there. That is the um, uh, the give the long and short of it for this one. So if we're doing inspections, how is this inspection going to work? How are they going to look? What you're going to do right now would be, and again, standing rule, you know when, what I mean, but uh, what you're going to do right now is go to OSHA.gov, and right in the front, you're going to see the actual, uh, or I should say right on the home screen, you're going to see where you can get to the National Emphasis Program. Click on that. It's 35 pages. I don't know. That's my limit. Anything in the 20s, I might print myself. Anything that is like, I don't know. Let's say um, 30. Eh, I'm not going to print down. But this one's 35. I'm going to actually going to. I might print that at home. If not, I'm going to go to you know, someplace else and get that printed. You don't want to waste that. That ain't great. So that's where you have about 35 pages. Go through it. Highline it. This is OSHA's playbook. So if you wanted to understand what that compliance and enforcement activity looks like. This is the document. All right. The 
next thing we're going to look for, and this is again a COVID-19 thing, new with OSHA, they came out with an emergency temporary standard. This is the thing that uh, was directed to them to do by President Biden in an executive uh, order. So what did he, um, he basically said this, OSHA, you need to do a self-assessment of how you are interacting or how are you doing with the actual COVID-19 for protecting workers. OSHA only has jurisdiction over employer-employee relationships. So once OSHA did, oh yeah, and then the other part of the executive direction, direction or was directive, excuse me, was if you find that you need an emergency temporary standard, you must do it by this certain date. Uh, the date had come and gone and OSHA was still kind of going through it and they didn't know what to do. And then the vaccine showed up and now our whole lives have changed. So what OSHA had done, they still did the emergency temporary standard, but they actually did it only for uh, any of the healthcare industries. Therefore, this initiative is in 1910, which is General Industries um, section or General Industries um, uh, part. Subpart U. So we have a new subpart in General Industries. Subpart U. They have a full preamble of this law. And what a preamble is, is a ruling is it's a pathway. Let's say it that way. It's the pathway of how something becomes a law. And uh, through, you know, any means. So basically it's uh, here's the proposed rule. Open comment period. Uh, after you get all those things, put them together, you, you make whatever tweaks you need to. OK, here is the updated proposed rule. OK, uh, this is all going to be posted in the Federal Register when you're all done with this stuff and then it becomes a law. All right. In that process, all the meetings gets housed somewhere. There's documents of those meetings. So that is coming in uh, the preambles is basically where this is housed. So you will see on the OSHA COVID-19 page that they have even wording that says you could get the full preamble to this standard. I always say read the preamble so you can understand each and every rule for its intent. So that's that's what I would say on this one. All right. The other thing that you're going to see over here is um, I would look at the fact sheet. There's a nice little fact sheet that goes with this COVID-19 uh, support you. I'm only going to give you the headings on the fact sheets and just a little, little notes. It's only three pages, so it's really easy for you guys to, to print this one. You know, me and printing. Okay, I had to be frugal because I'm my own boss. I'm everything. I'm the printer. I'm the, <laughs> I'm everything. I'm the, uh, you know, yeah, all you guys listen to me. You know what you got to do, right? You got to do your uh, marketing. You got to do your uh, budgeting. You got to do everything. So therefore, me and my printing, right? This is only three pages. I can print this one. It's not bad at all. So section five O. so it's, it's actually housed in subpart U, which is going to start with the section 500. So uh, section 502 is telling you what is healthcare. So it kind of defines that for you. So here is 
healthcare, except as otherwise provided in the standard, meaning somewhere in the standard, uh, they're going to uh, apply all the settings where employees provide healthcare uh, standards, excuse me, healthcare services or healthcare support services. This is immediately um, in effect upon publication in the Federal Register is the wording they say here. And then the employer has 14 days to comply with the most with most of these provisions. It is tight window over here. So that means if you have this expertise and you're a consultant, get out there and like now, I mean, start making phone calls, start making LinkedIn connections. You want to really get up in there and you want to get like actively working on getting some people some COVID plans. That's one of the things you're going to be working on. It's in here. And then any other thing that's going to help them stay compliant with the new support you in healthcare. So they have the driver. If you're working in any other industry, they don't have the same driver as healthcare. So you may be hit and miss with people who want a COVID-19 plan, uh, a safety and health plan. But you go to healthcare, now you got yourself something pretty good. All right, so that is 502. A COVID plan is mentioned over here, and uh, having to develop one of those, you need patient screening and management. You have to have transmission, standard and transmission-based precautions. So meaning the precautions isn't for the person that is... Um, they're saying that you want to you interact with this, this disease early or this virus early because it's the SARS, right? So you want to interact with this thing early. So that's why they're talking about preventative measures. And therefore, the standard and transmission-based precautions, those two things are supposed to be actively working together for you to end up uh, complying with this new subpart, you. Uh, they do have some requirements, or I should say, some of the things that might actually make people mad <laughs> I don't know but here's what it says the following requirement for removing employees from the workplace meaning if someone has tested positive for COVID now you need to remove them physically from the workplace meaning they may not even be symptomatic they just test positive so in this case someone asymptomatic and test positive, OSHA's telling you you need to do this. Employers with more than 10 employees, so that's already a size exemption, provide medical removal protection benefits in accordance to the standard for workers to uh, workers who must isolate or quarantine. So this standard is now saying it actually has some provisions for removing people so there's always medical removal scenarios and with medical removal scenarios then it has record keeping um a little uh, it's a trickle down effect or a domino effect of that and osha already said for vaccines which is the next thing they talk about vaccines provide or should say vaccination that's the heading provide reasonable time and paid leave for vaccinations and vaccine side effects so osha had already said if anyone has side effects from vaccinations that is going to affect them at work 
that is going to be an exception from the record-keeping rule. So apparently there may be significant enough people that are feeling uh, these ill effects of um, after vaccination. I myself, after I got my second dose, right about the uh, second day mark, I was starting to feel a little bit eh. <laughs> And uh, for me, for me, it's weak because I'm constantly working. I'm constantly doing stuff. So I truly... I can't miss a day off. I, yeah, I work for myself, right? So you, you're your own boss. So I had a couple of days where I was like, Ugh, I just crashed. And that was my side effects. If I was working, I would have called in 100%. I would not have been able to go in. Uh, my sister, complete flu symptoms for about two days. And I know several people that have that as well. It depends. I'm not saying that to deter you from the vaccine. I'm seeing the vaccine as being a savior for everyone. I feel everyone should get it. Just me. If you have religious things against vaccine, obviously you can't go against what, you know, vaccination, going to hell. <laughs> okay. If that's your belief system, that's a no-brainer. You don't get vaccinated. You, you save your soul. But, I mean, outside of that, and it is truly something that is going to be personal. I understand that. And I don't want to be tongue-in-cheek about it too much. Well, because that's who I am. But generally speaking, what I'm going to just say is it is beneficial to get vaccinated. And there's new reporting, and I don't have this, so look it up and send it to me so you guys uh, could be my eyes and ears. But they're saying with the vaccine in particular, and now this is a little outside of the ocean appliance, but um, people who have had COVID and got vaccinated may not need a booster. And we're saying may because obviously <laughs> it's been too short. They can't tell you yet. Uh, but... What they're saying is people like me who didn't have COVID before but then got vaccinated, then I may need a booster. So that is uh, one of the things that may be coming up. So truly, you know, who knows? Because now if OSHA is telling you to, and it's not a must here, it's saying that you should provide reasonable time paid leave for vaccination and vaccine side effects. They also mention in here about encouraging people to get vaccinated. So OSHA is truly going to do their best to make sure that they're going to get the workforce, whoever can, as vaccinated as quickly as possible. Other thing in the standards that they're looking for, and it's going to be in Section 504, uh, mini, uh, mini Respiratory Protection Program. So this one is another one. I have not looked at this standard. Um, I'm still kind of digging into it a little. So I'm not too sure what that means yet. And so I'll just be straight up with you. It just tells me it's like a rider to uh, subpart I. I don't know. Honestly, I, I really need to check that one out. Uh, severity in section 505 says provides that each section of support U and each provision within these sections is separate and sev uh, severable from the other sections and provisions, meaning you're going to get fined if you do. You're going to get fined as each different one separate. So you could violate 504, mini uh, respiratory protection, and violate... Uh, the incorporation by references, which is CDC, which is Section 509. 
All right, you're going to get a citation on the 504 violation, a section on 509 violation, like usual. They just have to put the wording in there. Uh, incorporation by reference. They added this in section 509. Normally, incorporation by reference, you'll see it kind of like woven in, and you'll see it like um, as a footnote somewhere. Or if you go to section 6 in 1926 or section 6 in 1910, that's a whole section of incorporation by reference. So now in section 509 here in 1910, seems so weird to me already saying that. I got a whole new subpart to learn. Uh, it's, it's wild. All right, so 509 in 1910, that is dedicated incorporation by reference material for this um, emergency temporary standard for the parts that are referenced by the CDC. So now if you are going to actually stay ahead of this keep up with the cdc so now you can see cdc's updates on any kind of protection needed you know osha is going to go ahead and they're going to incorporate that by reference so um, to stop yourself from a time delay go ahead and go to the source so do cdc's newsletter uh, do a little Google alert in your calendar that says every couple of days I need to check out the CDC website or I need to put a keyword in Google alert that is going to say CDC COVID guidelines and have that come to you every day. Now you'll be on top of that. Uh, they talk about in the standard PPE, they talk about aerosol generating procedures on a person with suspected or confirmed uh, COVID-19. Talk about physical distancing, cleaning and disinfections. They talk about ventilation, health screening. And then they also give record keeping requirements also in here. They're talking about a new record keeping log. COVID-19 log. If you have more than 10 employees. So you've got more record keeping. And it says report work-related COVID-19 fatalities in patient hospitalizations to OSHA. So those are things that they've been talking about before. You'll see that in the emergency national standards. So that's a good one. And then OSHA updated their mitigating and preventing the spread of COVID-19 guideline. So this guideline originally came out in January. Now it's been updated uh, to include some of the things that they have learned about vaccination and unvaccination, or excuse me, vaccinated and unvaccinated people. It is actually pretty good. So they are going with the CDC guidelines about um, vaccinated people being able to go back to normal, no masks, just hanging out unless you want to put on your mask for certain things. It's up to you, which is good. I'm still weirded out by it, folks. I've been vaccinated for about a month now, and I'm kind of like, all right, I'll wear my mask here. Well, first and foremost, when I'm going into the store, I look and see on their door, what's their policy? And I went to my local supermarket here, and I'm seeing 50-50 with masks. There was nothing on the door. So when I was checking out and with my mask on, I asked the, uh, the uh, checkout lady, uh, cashier, <laughs> I lost a word there. I said, what's your policy on masks? Because before it was a big sign on the door that says, you know, masks must be worn here. And they're like, hmm. 
If you have been vaccinated, we're going to go with the CDC guidelines. I'm like, yes, took off my mask right there. <laughs> well, this guy's like, all right, let's do this. Uh, so I have to get used to that, which is still good. I'm still going to protect myself if I'm going to a doctor's office or if there's a high viral load that I perceive to be a high viral load. All right, I'm not going to be a dummy. <laughs> but other than that, uh, I think I'm going to be good for now until my booster. Then I probably have to. I can't remember what they say that new booster will. But anyway. Back to this one. OSHA, in this guidance, is truly telling you how to work safely with vaccinated and unvaccinated workers. Uh, they have wording on close contact, and that is an actual legal term now, um, a legal defensible term. So when you do see the close contact is coming from CDC, you'll have to go over to the CDC. And their guidance is this. So the CDC guidance on close contact, and I went over this before for you, but let's do it one more time. Someone who has been within six feet of an infected person, that means laboratory confirmed, for a cumulative, cumulative total of 15 minutes or more over a 24-hour period, for example, three individuals, five minutes, or, excuse me, three individuals, five minutes exposed for a total of 15 minutes a day. So that's what they mean by the, the 24-hour time period. Most people, come on, your co-workers, aren't you going to be exposed to them more than 15 minutes a day? <laughs> so that is one of the guidelines. And then later on, they tell you about uh, when you could discontinue home isolation. So OSHA is going to use the same wording in here. So that's what I'm telling you. You guys really need to... If you haven't yet, I'm not going to say you did. I don't know. But you truly should start looking into that. The other thing of note, and I'm going to uh, just do this one as quickly as possible because I don't want to take a whole bunch of time today because there's so much to dig in and I'm not digging into one big thing. We talked about COVID-19 and OSHA for most of the episode because OSHA's been talking a lot about it. So what I'm going to do right now is we're going to go over the last uh, thing that I think you should really, really be careful of, or at least be aware of for OSHA. And this is the future, future of OSHA. So I say future, meaning budget year. So I'm going to predict the budget year. And this is coming right from the uh, budget of OSHA. So I'm not like a, like a savant in any way, but this is the budget of OSHA. So when I used to do these for um, uh, like three years during uh, the Trump administration or two years during the Trump administration, I did a ASSP presentation and it was called The Future of OSHA, the Donald Trump uh, era. So I'm working on another one, Future of OSHA, the Biden era. Don't steal my name. <laughs> <laughs> That's my name. I'm taking it. All right. <laughs> so here is uh, some things to be looking for. Uh, OSHA is going to increase a lot of their funding. So here is a summary. And this is funding from all kinds of areas. All right. So the summary is this. Safety standards and health. And this is coming directly from the budget. So in 2020, it was, um, I'll give you guys two things. One will be the amount in full-time equivalent hours. That means if you have any activity to do, uh, they're uh, blocking it. And if there was one person doing this job eight hours a day until it's complete, 
how many full-time equivalent hours would this take? So that's what you'll see for FTE. FP, the FTE for safety and health standards, meaning creating safety and health standards or getting safety and health standards that are actually in the book to get those things out of the proposed rule stage to the final rule stage. So the FTEs, 67 in 2020, 65 in 2021, in 2022, coming next year, they're going to 95 FTEs. It was 18, well, this is in dollar figures, or excuse me, uh, how you see it listed, they'll say listed in thousands. So it says to me, I'm seeing 18,000, but I need to add two zeros to that one. So it would be like 1.8 million. So it's looking at uh, 1.8 for 2020, 1.8 for 2021. They are now going into 2.84 million. So they're increasing the full-time equivalent hours by 30. And not only are they doing that, they're also going to uh, increase the amount by an additional $10 million, it looks like. Uh, so and if I'm reading my zeros right, let me go two zeros over. One, two... Adding two zeros there. All right, so it's 1.1 uh, 1 million. So I had one too many zeros over. So I'm going to tell you the dollar figures here on the chart. Just know that the dollar figures I'm mentioning multiply that by a thousand, and uh, and that's really going to get you there. So let's let's do it that way. So I don't have to do any kind of conversion in my head. <laughs> okay. All right. The next thing that is on this list will be federal enforcement funding. So for the federal funding, what they have here is they definitely are going to um, to have you guys thinking about um, the enforcement side. So I got a little distracted there. Forgive me. Uh, so the enforcement side is going to be from 2020, 1300 FTEs. Uh, 1304 actually 2021 1338 full-time equivalent hours for enforcements and then for 2022 it's going to go up to 1545 full-time equivalent hours and then the dollar figure has also went up significantly so osha increased the full-time equivalent hours by 207 that also in thousands, they have 25,923 listed here as increased money for this whistleblower program. They're increasing that by 63 uh, full FTEs states. They don't do any increase because you guys are set all you state plans. OSHA pays already 50% of your general program anyway. So why you want more? <laughs> it just messes with you guys. All right, then also it looks like they're going up six FTEs on technical supports, compliance assistance. They are going up 51 FTEs, which is significant for, uh, for this type of listing. So they're also going into the compliance side at the same time they're going into the enforcement compliance assistance side as the same time they're doing compliance enforcement side. And if we're actually looking at it, 
it looks like the enforcement side is going to be 207 FTEs, and the assistance side is going to be a total of 51 FTEs increased. So by far, OSHA is going to be spending more time in enforcement than in assistance by the dollars. I'm only, you know, it's not just me giving you hyperbole. It's me literally looking at the budget and I'm saying by dollars, OSHA is going to be compliant enforcement more than compliant assistance. That means be ready. Uh, Training grants. They're actually going up in the training grants by 2000. And again, these units are in 2000. So add the couple of zeros in the back. Um, let's see, health and sta- safety statistics are going up to get slightly five F- FTEs to get a little bit more uh, understanding on uh, the statistics and everything that's going around. If you go to OSHA's website and you go to data statistics, that page, amazing. I am on there most of my time online. I'm on that site. Do you know, research for work. What's what I mean? Uh, executive direction. This one actually is one of the biggest, even though the numbers are small, this is one of the biggest things that I've seen that has changed. So executive directive has been 25 uh, full-time equivalent hours in 2020, 20 in, uh, in 2021, it was 28 full-time equivalent hours. 2022 is going to request the same as before. So they're not going to go up. They're not going to go down. They're going to keep it the same. So I'm thinking... This uh, line item, if you will, is one of those that is not consequential. So that's why I was like, oh, that's actually, I actually thought it was more consequential than it was, to tell you the truth. So uh, also in their budget, and again, I'm going to do this real quick, uh, is the budget itself, they included a few things. And one of the things that they, uh, that they got was some money from the COVID release fund. So even in the money from COVID release from, they tell you what it's here. OSHA replenished their supply with any kind of printing material or anything else. So they got their money back. They're also going to add money for um, purchasing lab equipment and other supplies. And they're going to spend some money on guidance document and enforcement. So they have the funding for that. So you will see some more COVID related enforcement in your area. So if you really need to to get a good hold of the budget activity, uh, just get this and download it. It's very easy to find. Just do a, a Google search for OSHA, uh, OSHA budget. No, no, just do OSHA comma OMB, which is Office of Management and Budget and uh, the year 2022. So the next coming year. So if you do that in your search, then you will get the the sheet I just pulled up. So thank you guys for hanging out with me. I hope this is going to help you. Um, OSHA is definitely going to be more aggressive. So therefore, it's time for you to be ready. Either you're going to be ready for OSHA as a safety officer, and you're going to make sure that your place of employment is going to be prepared and ready. Or you're going to be ready as a consultant where clients could come to you and now you could offer them and guide them through this process. So those are the two things that this is going to help you do, hopefully. Fingers crossed. 
Uh, also in the same vein as OSHA, I do have Revealing the Secrets of OSHA Compliance, which is my safety consultant playbook on how to survive an OSHA audit. Uh, talking about the foundations of OSHA, what to expect in the Biden administration, like I just talked about a little bit. I only scratched the first the surface, you know, I was only like, what, 20 minutes, 30 minutes on this. Uh, we're going to go through a whole day event. Early bird pricing is gone. Uh, this event's going to be July 16th, so you need to move on it pretty quick. Uh, general admission prices are 250 but if you also want to get the safety consultant TV, you could get a year of that for $70 less, or excuse me, $75 less than the original cost, and you could buy a general industry, excuse me, general admission plus ticket at $325. But other than that, you should get the, just get there if you need OSHA compliance help, or you want to learn how to fish, if you will. <laughs> so, you know, you got to teach someone how to fish. That's what we're going to do here. So it's going to be all virtual event starting at 9 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. And then it is going to go until 3.30 p.m. So that's where it's going to go. 9 a.m. Eastern Standard Time until 3.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, July 16th. Online, 100%. We're going to take a break in there as well. So you guys are actually going to get lunch and all that. I take breaks. I have fun when I do my virtual events, too, so you guys don't want to miss this one. It's fun for me, and if it's not fun for me, then it's not fun for you. And I literally play music, and we do all kinds of stuff, so you don't want to miss this virtual event. All right? I'm so happy that you guys are here for me, and I was able to get through this without, like, freaking out, because it's so exciting for me in my world to, to get new regs. <laughs> That's how bad I am as a geek. It's terrible. I am the safety. Well, I don't want to steal Bry's name as safety geek, but, you know, uh, Bryce Sargent. Uh, but truly, I am. Uh, I don't know what's going on here. I am truly geeking out over OSHA standard. A new subpart, and here I am, happy as a kid. Okay, anyway. That's enough of me geeking out. Hope to see you guys revealing the secrets of OSHA. But before then, subscribe to this podcast. Please, I am doing a begging thing with the hands crossed and everything. Go ahead and surprise. <laughs> I probably shouldn't do that. It's terrible. <laughs> Have yourself a wonderful day. Go get him. This episode has been powered by Safety FM. The views and opinions expressed on this podcast or broadcast are those of the host and its guest and do not necessarily reflect the official policy or position of the company. Examples of analysis discussed within the past hour are only examples. They should not be utilized in the real world as the only solution available as they are based on very limited and dated open source information. Assumptions made within this analysis are not reflective of the position of the company. No part of this podcast or broadcast may be reproduced, stored within a retrieval system, or transmitted in any form or by any means, mechanical, electronic recording, or otherwise, without prior written permission of the creator of the podcast or broadcast, Sheldon Brynas. This episode has been powered by Safety FM.